When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Football Friday, your boy Dan Cilio, how the hell are you? Man, these are great times of the year, right? We go into the third weekend of the National Football League. College football this weekend, some significant games. College football, there's such a thirst for it this year. I mean, the fans going back into the stands, and I think it's going to be a banner year this year. Maybe somebody pops up and shocks the world. It gets into the conversation where they could give Alabama a game. I don't think so. I think Bama and everybody else, God, do they look stronger this year than they've ever looked. I mean, you replace everybody in that backfield, and then you go into Gainesville, and you pull off that victory against the Gators like that. One of your tougher places to play, and they did it in September. Tell you what, man, Bryce Young and that team look like they're going to go a long way this year. So college football, NFL, Cool thing about the Eagle fans, you get the weekend to kind of like suck in what the NFL is going to do, especially in the NFC East this weekend, and you get a Monday night game in Dallas. Both teams, one and one going into the game. A potential determination of what could be the NFC East outcome. These two teams have to be in the conversation with Washington, right, to potentially come out of the East and win that division. Could there be possible two teams that could come out of the NFC East? I'm not thinking right now because the way that the NFC West looks, every single team in that division may end up making it to the postseason. I mean, really, look at all of those teams that are out there in the West. So should be a great run. We're going to know more, obviously, after week three. And I always tell people this as we always evolve the show here on the National Football Show. We got, man, I love this, man. Hey, Master Bates, I dig it. Thank you. All good, man. Appreciate that. That's got to be one of my favorite handles of all time. Muhammad, thanks so much, man. It's a football Friday, no question about it. So we'll be talking both college and pro. Howard Balzer, our NFL insider, one of our NFL insiders who join us weekly, will join us in this hour. Then Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowl rings, works for college football and for CBS Sports will be in hour number two. So we got a packed show along with you with us. Any of your questions, line it up. We'll slip it in like we always do. I write down a bunch of things each and every single day as we get rolling into another edition of the National Football Show. All right, here we go. So how do you guys feel about Nick Sirianni and his Beat Dallas t-shirt? What do you think about that? It's kind of college right? Okay, it's kind of... It's kind of like a college, right? You know, a rivalry. 
Miami FSU or the Iron Bowl, Alabama-Auburn or something like that. It's kind of like a college mentality that Sirianni has. And he's been wearing Beat Dallas T-shirts all week. How do you feel about that, your head coach, NFL head coach? College coaches don't even do that. You know, when they, when they have an opponent, you're not going to see Nick Saban in a T-shirt that says Beat Auburn. <laughs> right? Have you ever seen Nick Saban in a T-shirt that said beat a rival or an opponent? Uh, no, that'd be no. How do you make this out with how Sirianni is conducting himself during Dallas week? What do you make of this here? Are you good with it? Are you good with a head coach? Hey, let's go beat Dallas like it's the old college try. I actually find it refreshing. I'm actually good with it. I'm actually liking the fact that a coach is coming into a rivalry and he respects the rivalry and he's trying to hop. Wait, wait, wait a minute, smile. You're right. It is gimmicky. It is gimmicky. Hang on here. Okay. But, 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 but follow me. Don't you hate it when you tune on and you guys probably hate it anyway, when you tune on a Yankee Red Sox series and there's no like understanding of what the rivalry is about when those two teams are playing and those guys are just going out and they're playing a baseball game. And they don't understand the history of the rivalry. See, this is one of the things that really made college football spectacular when it came to the NFL. And unfortunately, the cash register in college football had started taking away rivalries like Nebraska-Oklahoma. We saw it last week for the first time. And it was a good thing because that's the difference between the college and pro game. And I get, we don't usually see that. Chicago Bears and the, the Chicago Bears and the Packers is another one of those rivalries that you really don't have to say anything about. It's the oldest rivalry that's in the NFL. Or how about this, Giants and Eagles. You don't really need to say that because it's gone on for generations, right? I actually like when the players, though, identify it. And kind of maybe throw a log on it a little bit. Don't you think that's good for the fans? You get a head coach, basically what he's doing here. And, and smile, you, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong here when you say it's gimmicky. Because it is gimmicky. But all those things aren't all that bad. It, it's, it, it's, it's not all that bad. Not like, like, look, this week, I think what Sirianni's doing is I think he's paying homage to a really great rivalry that fans embrace and fans like. And now you get a coach that's identifying it. I don't know. How could that be a wrong thing to get the fans motivated, to get the fans excited about it? Okay? Master says, I think Parsons said something like, the Cowboys will destroy the Eagles. That's fantastic. That's fantastic, man. Look, it's like, you know, when you're promoting, uh, how many times do you watch a Conor McGregor fight for just the antics that he has and the wonderful promotion that he does when it comes to promoting his fights? Conor McGregor is not the same fighter he was, what, seven years ago, six years ago? He's not the same guy, but he's a master at promoting those fights, and he makes them come off like they're like, Iconic moments. So when you get a chip, how many times you, you don't think, by the way, you don't think, and I'm going to make a point to you guys, and you tell me if I'm wrong here. 
So we're right around the corner, aren't we, after this Rams game of having Buccaneers and Patriots in New England at Gillette. You don't think some of the things that have been said publicly by Tom Brady's dad and by Alex Guerrero, his personal trainer, is not getting ahead of the fact that they're promoting that fight, basically, up in New England when the Buccaneers and Brady go home for the first time? You don't think they're kind of like building this up as a moment in an event inside of Brady's career as he's closing out the final couple uh, holes of his career? This guy's on the back 18 for sure, right? And he's coming down the stretch here at Augusta. And this is going to make for another moment. You don't think people are really getting into the conversation now of promoting that? And, and so when you get players that are promoting the Cowboys and Eagles and you get a coach that's coming out with a T-shirt, how is that in the bad light? Right? But what you get is you get old school guys doing this. Guy's a gimmick, man. I'm not even sure he's a good coach yet. I know. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm not saying that some of this stuff with, like, the Kobayashi video that he shows the players, you know, for inspiration on doing the little things. I'm, I, I get all that. The first press conference was a train wreck. I don't know, man, but I, I, I think Sirianni's trying to find his own personality as the head coach of the Eagles, too. I'll tell you this. He's given you guys a hell of a lot more than Doug Peterson ever gave you. All right? He's, he's giving you – I mean, Doug Peterson had zero personality as a coach in Philly. I think in a city like Philly, you have to have a guy that's got – Buddy Ryan was spectacular. Dick Vermeil was spectacular as a personal – Andy Reid had a flair about himself in the way his teams played. Flash Gordon back in the NFL over or under four weeks before another failed drug test. Michael. How many times has he been suspended from the league? Six? What a football player, too. Michael, I, I, I got to tell you, man, let me say this to you guys. And I, and I mentioned this a couple of days ago to you. Guys, I was in Carson, California. I saw that guy get activated by the Browns. Michael, I think he had been out of football a year and a half. The guy had like 14 catches or 11 catches for 140 yards. And it looked like he never missed a beat. I couldn't believe what I was watching. He was the best player in the NFL at that position on the field that day. And I watched him, and he had been out of ball a year and a half. I could not believe how talented of a player he was. That's years. That's four years ago. I don't know where he is now. He's gained weight. That was one of the reasons that the Patriots cut his ass. I don't know, Smile. I haven't heard if anybody signed. Hey, 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 Ted, let me say this to you, Ted. Malata's going to be a benchmark on your football team for a long time. He's some good-looking football player. Master says, I wear a New England Brady shirt. Michael says, do you think the Eagles take a flyer on him? Man. I'd have to – how about this? I'd have to see the condition that Josh Gordon's in if he's been working out. I'd, I'd really have to see what kind of shape he's in. And, and you know what that means too? 
if I were the Eagles and Howie Roseman, I'd have to see what kind of shape he was in mentally and physically. But I would bring him in for a workout next Tuesday. And I would, I would look at this and say, okay, now remember something too. So what if he smokes pot? Marijuana now has been reduced as a fine when it comes to the NFL's um, you know, policy for abuse. Troy Vincent came out over the offseason and said that marijuana is not going to be looked at any longer when it comes to massive suspensions any longer. Now, again, he fell into that policy, and he's had numerous uh, failures here. And quite frankly, I'm surprised that he's not been banished from the league for life with all the suspensions that he's had. Now, look, it's weed. Do you suspend a guy for the rest of his career because he smoked pot? No. I think you spend somebody, suspend somebody for the rest of their career when they beat a woman. When you're smoking weed, absolutely not. To, hell, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's a fine. I think if NFL players get busted for smoking marijuana today in the league, I think that they should just be fined and not suspended. You give them harder stuff just to get on the field. Milana sprained knee Thursday. Haven't seen an update yet. Didn't practice today. Wow. Master, you got to have him on that field or the Cowboys will run that game right down your throats on both sides of the football. Got to have Milana in there. Joey B, appreciate you coming aboard, brother. As all you do, remember that I tell you, too, anything you guys, as you could tell, you know, we open with comments, but we always slide what you guys are saying in at the same time. Bottom of the hour, my friend Howard Balzer again will join us from Sports Illustrated. And then from CBS Sports in hour number two, we will talk to our friend Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowl championships with the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, that 49er game between the Packers, in my opinion, I, I, how about this? I think, quite frankly, I think the 49ers are going to beat the doorknobs off the Packers this weekend. Green Bay has not shown me in any form or fashion that they can handle the physicality of what San Francisco does to them every time they line up and play 60 minutes of football. And you heard it here. I think the 49ers blow out the Packers. I don't think it's going to be close. And I believe that game, it may be in San Fran. If it's in San Francisco, they're going to beat the piss out of them. Kevin says, I agree, Dan. Wife beater versus somebody smoking pot. Right. I mean, Kevin, I'm not suspending you any longer in the NFL if you're smoking weed. I'll fine your ass because it's against the substance abuse policy and the National Football League hasn't figured out how they can make money on it yet or if they're going to use it as a pain medication for players. They haven't decided that. But you know what? They're leaning there because they're believing a lot of the things that are being said by the CBD oils and all that stuff, they're doing a lot of research into it. The players seemingly like it. The Players Association is behind it. And so you're starting to see more of a push where people are going to be pushing their chips in when it comes to cannabis use, when it comes to taking care of the players and their health. I'd rather give a player a joint than give him five oxycodones. Why would I want that player getting hooked on oxycodones when he could just smoke pot and maybe there's a pain reliever there. Marijuana's got such a negative connotation to it. And get this, it's funny, is that our government has spent so many years telling us that medications are great for us and vaccinations are great for us, that what did more harm for us during that pandemic where people were abusing pills and oxycodones, it killed more Americans than anything marijuana ever did. 
But because the government paints what we do with these pain relievers and all these pharmaceutical companies have such great people in Washington, nobody looks down on it. But they look down on weed. Nobody ever died over smoking marijuana, man. Okay? I mean, right? Nobody's died over that, but they've died taking oxycodones. But the public is starting to come around. And funny, the public has come around. The NFL is slow to do this. So um, I I, I don't know how they're going to handle Josh Gordon moving forward. Pain management, right? Joey B, when the NFL player gets fined, where does that money go? Hopefully to ex-players pension. Absolutely not, does it? It absolutely doesn't. It goes to a charity of the NFL's choice. Get this. The NFL's choice. Okay, so they pick what they pick what charity they're going to use and they end up charging for advertising that same charity. So, anyway, full circle back. You guys got a problem with Sirianni wearing that beat beat the Dallas Cowboys shirt that he's been wearing this week? You guys got a problem with it? I actually like it, man. Like I said, I think it's a pretty cool thing, especially when you got a first-year coach that's really recognizing a little bit of what the rivalry means, especially in the city of Philadelphia. So one of the players that the Eagles are going to have to try to stop this coming Monday is going to be Zeke Elliott. Charles, appreciate it. Thanks for coming aboard. Hell no, you hate it, huh? All right. So how about Zeke when he was asked a question yesterday about uh, Tony Pollard being more productive, okay, than um, him, and he responded back. He goes, yeah, I hear it. I, I understand. And he left it right there. And then the media guy, whoever he was or she, kept pushing and went like this. Well, I mean, you know, the money that you're making compared to him. And he's like, well, I don't really care, you know, quite frankly, as long as the people upstairs are writing the checks, I don't really care what anybody else thinks. And you shut that stuff down immediately. I so love that. But it's true. In my opinion, I think the Dallas Cowboys, if they want to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, they got to give more production carries and more opportunities to Tony Pollard because he's a better football player right now than what Zeke is. Zeke's just not as productive. And it's funny. Here, here's a prime example of an organization showing you because they overpaid for a player and they drafted him in the first round that they're going out and trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. If this was New England and Bill Belichick, do we all agree that Zeke Elliott would not be playing this weekend or on Monday night versus the Dallas Cowboys if Belichick was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? He would not be playing. You're not going to play on a Bill Belichick football team if you're not productive. Or more to the point, you're not in any way ever going to play over somebody else who's more productive than you. Bill's going to put the best people on the field. Okay? He's going to put the best people on the field. And those people are going to be the people that are going to go try to win him a ball game. Whether you're a first-rounder or a seventh-rounder or a sixth-rounder or the 199th pick like Brady, he's putting the best guy on the field there. And make, make it clear, your draft status or your salary has no indication of what's going to happen. How many players have tried to go up to New England and tried to go play? Reggie Wayne said it was hell for him. Chad Johnson went there, and they never threw him the ball because 
He never ran the precise routes that they needed. Charles says, nah, I don't have a problem with a lot with it. I was saying hell no to having a problem with it. Charles, right. I don't, he's talking about Nick Sirianni and him wearing the Beat Dallas t-shirt. I'm totally cool with it. Because, again, he's not going to be gauged on press conferences and t-shirts. That's so lame if people are doing – you know what? You, what you'll get is you'll get dumbass dude on the air go, man, this guy looks like he's, a, he's an amateur. Dude, who cares? Who cares what he looks like? Go win me a game. Make Jalen Hurts a better football player. Who cares what he says in front of the microphones? Bill Belichick's the worst interview and the worst press conference coach in NFL history. Who cares? You think people people go to Bill Belichick's press conferences today to hopefully catch something that he may say off cuff, which he rarely ever does. Belichick is not known for just all of a sudden, you know, just piping off and, you know, all of a sudden he brings up a movie scene and my cousin Vinny. I mean, that was iconic for him. That was iconic. Remember when he brought that up? Okay. I was like, this, that's great. This guy's referencing a movie. That was, but nobody cares about what Sirianni's doing with the t-shirt. Well, I, I like it. I'm okay with it because I like having a little fuel dropped on the, on the fire of a great rivalry. Diller taking over Mulata's spot this week. Oh, my God, Omar, he's out. Jesus. Can we get that confirmed? Mulata's out. How you doing? I mean, my cousin Vinny. Mar Marissa Tomei, in my opinion, one of the finest Italian women. Nobody will ever get into the same room of Sophia Loren. But I'm good. I'm I'm good with um Melissa Torm. I'm 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 good with I'm good with her, man. Yeah. Hey, dude, really? Hey, hang on for a second here. Is Malata out? Is if, if Malata's out, whew. so check this out. That means Brooks out. Malata's out? Graham's out? You know what I mean? I mean, he's got a sprained knee. Man. Hey, that's not good for the Eagles. That is not good for the Eagles. However, last year, one of the things that they did was that they created depth because of all the injuries they had in the old line. By the way, is it me? But, guys, you guys that follow the Eagles, is it me? I mean, this is like two years now, or is this three years now that this team gets out of the gate and they start falling to pieces? I mean, these guys, I mean, injuries everywhere and early. Thank you, Master. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout, get back to all your thoughts. I'd like to get that confirmed. Okay, Malata's out this coming Monday against the Cowboys if we can. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. I'm going to tell you what's being done in Carolina that's completely wrong when it comes to him. There's going to be an OBJ sighting this weekend. We'll look at the NFC East also because 
If you're sitting around and you're Dallas and Philly, you want to know what else is going on in the division. We'll do all that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, you boy, Dan. There'll be a lot of excitement, to say the least, in... Dallas on Monday night. It's going to be a hell of a Monday night game, too. I mean, one of the better Monday night games because there's a lot on the line for this game as we move in through the weekend here. One real quick thing here. You guys see Christian McCaffrey over the over the last couple hours and what people are saying about his injuries now. He's hurt his – I guess he hurt his knee now a little bit, right? And he got banged up in that game. Christian McCaffrey's the highest paid running back in the National Football League. But what Carolina is doing to him, they think he's Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is 255 pounds, and he can take 28 carries. He can take a game and put it on his back. Okay? Christian McCaffrey can't do that. You've got to have a viable offensive line and a quarterback that knows how to get that football to him in space. Master, thank you. You're right. I forgot it was a hamstring. That's right. Tightness in the hamstring. That's right. 
And so when you're when 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 you're thinking of building a game plan around Christian McCaffrey, you've got to be smarter on making sure that that guy's standing in week 17. You got a long season ahead of you. You can't be giving a guy that size the football 20 some odd times a game and think he's going to last. There's got to be somebody else in that backfield to take some of the load off this guy. He's the highest paid back. He makes more money than Henry. And I'm sorry. You're like using him ineffectively because by the time we get to week eight, will he even be active? You got out to a 3-0 and start here. But to think that you can go and compete in the NFC South with the Buccaneers without Christian McCaffrey, you're nuts. You've got to make sure that that guy's healthy every Sunday. Giving him the ball in between the tackles, that's a remedy to get that guy put on the IR. I could give Derrick Henry the ball 28 times. That's what that dude's built for. That dude's built like that for that. Hey, let's just give it to Derrick. 28 carries, maybe a couple quick screens out of the backfield. Christian, hey, And by the way, Christian McCaffrey's a hell of a player. But that's not my back. My back's in Tennessee. Okay? Because I... The more you put the offense through Christian McCaffrey, the more you're looking to end your season. Derrick Henry is one dude doing one three. Off guard, off tackle, stiff arms, and it's very simple offense. And it keeps Ryan Tannehill in third and short. That's what I wish that they had going on in Carolina for the last few years. Hell, that's what I wish they would start doing in Philadelphia. That's what I wish Dallas would do. Why in the world would you look at Dak Prescott and make Dak throw the ball 58 times a game? Why would you do that? You're not going to win games. It's why he's 6-9 over the last 15 starts. That's why the Eagles, even though they're banged up going into this football game, still have an outside shot of winning this game on Monday night. Even with now Malata being out. Kevin, he's the bus 2.0. I think Derrick Henry's better than the bus. That guy is the best power back, and that includes Adrian Peterson. I'm trying to think of a back over the last couple of years. You remember that guy, Jamal Lewis, that ran in Baltimore for a bit? Maybe Christian McCoy, Okoye when he was in Kansas City? I'm trying to think of them big, bruising backs like that that could take 28 carries and jam it right down your face and go, hey, we're not going to do very creative things here in this game. All right, we're going to be doing things here that are going to help us win some ball games here. And you know what that's going to be? That's just going to be turning around and handing the football to Derrick Henry. Tennessee's got a great formula. The big thing you do with Tennessee, though, is you got to get a lead on them, and you have to make Tannehill beat you. Because if Tennessee can roll back on you like they did in Seattle in the opener, up in Seattle, Seattle's opener, they rolled back on them because Henry got going 182 and three touchdowns. And they couldn't stop that freight train. That's what makes me still a little suspect with Seattle going into this weekend as well. Because Seattle, man, losing a home game, it's the first time in Russell Wilson's career that he lost a home game. You know, opening up the season. so. 
Make no mistake about it, man. Got a very interesting ball game and got a very interesting weekend in the NFL. And with that being said, we bring in our friend from Sports Illustrated, and I so love talking to him as much as we possibly can. It's going to be an interesting week this week. Our friend Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated. Howard, let me start out with not the Monday night game, but let me start out with the other big game that's going to be on Sunday, and that's going to be Rams-Buccaneers. What does that game mean to you? I don't think it means that much for the Buccaneers, or does it? And Matthew Stafford being brought into Los Angeles, it, 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 who's under the microscope more, you say, going into this game at SoFi? Rams or Bucks? I would say definitely the Rams, and for a variety of reasons. One, obviously, it's a home game. But they're, you know, they're a team that many are touting to be of Super Bowl caliber. And so now you're playing the defending Super Bowl champs. And I think, you know, I hate to use the term statement games or things like that because it's such a long season. But at home, if you can beat the Buccaneers, then that says, okay, you know, maybe this team does have what it takes to uh, win a Super Bowl. And so, yeah, I, I think it means more for them. Certainly the Buccaneers want to keep keep the run going and and keep, and continue to play well. But every, everyone pretty much knows what they're about, uh, whereas whereas the Rams are are still trying to prove it. I mean, it's a team that added Stafford, like you said. They've lost some players on defense. Uh, they you know they got an offensive line that is pl- playing pretty well at the start, you know, at the start of the season. But they struggled last week against the Colts. I mean that you know that's you know that's that that's a thing. They t- they were taking the down to the wire by them. You know the Bears. That you know they weren't that they're not that good in offense, and we know how good that Rams defense is. So I, I think I think for that defense also to play well against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, we, we know how good they are. But you also have to do it against the really good team. So yeah, I, I think it definitely means more for the Rams than uh, than Tampa Bay. You know, I'll throw this at you too, and you know I'm going to put my Rod Serling um, hat on here, and I'm going to play conspiracy Uh-oh. theorist there, and I'll be like <laughs> every troll out there on the internet now with you know. Uh, game plans and plots. Okay, so this week we've heard Alex Guerrero throw shade at Bill Belichick. <laughs> I've heard Tom Brady's dad throwing shade at Bill Belichick. I'm just wondering, the following week is Brady in New England at Gillette. I know they got a big game on Sunday, and Tom's not going to overlook that game. But is it my imagination? Are we building something up here for that return of Brady? to New England here by Brady's camp because I'm telling you, it surely seems, I mean, Gronk saying, you know, hey, I've had more fun than I've ever had playing football. He did win a bunch of titles up there. I mean, I don't know, Howard, it just seems that these guys and that, people are trying to build this up, and I think it's Brady's camp building this game up next week. Am I wrong? No, it sure seems that way. And I was going to say, as you were talking, I was going to say, I was thinking to myself, yeah, you know, it's almost like before a big boxing match, you know, all, all the hype. And all that, as if this game needs that, right? Like you, you don't need any extra hype, but we know it's going to be there. But like you said, to have this happen even be the week before that the game is being played is is a little a little bit a little bit unusual. So, but it's 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 that's going to be must watch. I mean, what what more what more can you say, you know, about that? And 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 especially from the Patriots. Uh, Patriots standpoint, because you know that, that debate, I don't think that debate will ever die. Why did the Patriots win? Was it more Brady or was it Belichick? And it's impossible to say, but everybody's got their opinion 
Everybody's got their thoughts about it. I don't know that either could have done it without the other, but that will always be an eternal, an eternal uh, debate. And so I, th- I think from maybe from Belichick's standpoint, he really want. I think maybe maybe a little bit more than Tom, maybe a little a wee bit more, but I think he'd like to see his team have a heck of an effort in that game just to show what uh, what they're capable. And and it's intriguing too because. They they know Tom Brady, Tom Brady knows them, and that that will be must see TV. I'm surprised they put it this early in the season. Absolutely, and and one more thing on that game, let, let, let's let's also throw another dynamic into that. Do you really think, and you look back on how people will look at the exit for Brady? Do you think that they'll put? I'm not going to say that they're going to count this against Bill or anything, but it's got to be an evaluation thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out. This is going to be a long winded thing here. <laughs> um, Howard, because look at look at this weekend when it comes to Belichick. He's got Jacoby Brissett starting. He's got this guy. These are players that he drafted as quarterbacks for the Patriots. Jacoby Brissett. He's got Mac Jones. He's got Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got four quarterbacks that he drafted. This guy, I mean, not just being a great defensive-minded guy, knows the quarterback position. But to the point here, do you think that they're going to end up kicking themselves? They must be vomiting in their mouths thinking that Brady was done and to see what he's doing now and winning a Super Bowl. Um, he's got nine touchdowns in two games, total miscalculation by those guys. I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't know if I, if I buy the whole notion that the Patriots thought he was done. Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm not so sure about that. I think there's probably a myriad of reasons why Brady did what he did. And let's, let's remember one thing too. There wasn't exactly a long line at his door uh, trying to sign him. Right, only two teams. Yeah, and so and who knows what would have happened had and and the Bucks seemed to be the perfect fit. I don't know what was the other team. I guess the Chargers. Yep. Um, and I don't know if he ever truly, seriously uh, considered them. And so we'll never know what would have happened had the Buck had the Buccaneers not being not been interested. I mean, suppose that season before Jameis Winston had you know, played better football and he didn't throw the interceptions he did. I mean, what the heck? The guy passed for over 5,000 yards and had 30 touchdowns, but he had all those interceptions. If that hadn't happened and, and Winston had been better and they'd been a 9-7, and 10-6 and six team, maybe the Buccaneers don't even dabble in the whole Tom Brady market. So, but obviously thus, I've often thought, Dan, a great book, and I'll, I'll give it away to everybody, a great book for, for the draft, for the NFL would be What If?, yeah. Yeah. You know, what, 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 you know, and you can, you can never answer that accurately because you don't know. No one knows what would have happened, but it should be fascinating to speculate and guess on it and just, and just talk about what did happen and then just wonder, well, what might have happened if this hadn't? And I think, man, you can do it. You could do a lot of those. And of course, in the draft, you can do tons of them. But, but yeah, I think that I don't think they thought he was done. And I, I think, I think he was ready, certainly. Uh, to move on and you know he he he, he kind of landed in just about the perfect spot for him on monday night the cowboys and eagles are one on one facing each other at AT&T you think jerry jones and steven jones right now are happy on where they are after the first two weeks of the season that's a good question i think that i don't know if they're happy but i think at how they've played they're probably you know okay with it. I mean, they easily could have won that week one game. 
uh, they didn't, but uh, they were right in it. They certainly, you know, Dak Prescott has certainly shown that uh, the injury is not a factor. The the defense is, you know, perhaps playing a little bit better. It's got it's got to play whether it's got to be it's got to be better consistently over the course of the season. And so, but I think what he also what Jerry Jones also looks at most likely is this di- this division. It's not as if they're competing against a Green Bay or competing against the Tampa Bay or competing against Seattle, San Francisco, whoever you want to mention in the NFC West. So I think he, he realizes that this division is there for the taking, and but that makes this game a pretty key one. Well, I, I think the answer probably, Dan, is we'll see, ha- we'll see what happens Monday, and then that'll probably gauge a little bit how happy he is. And so, you know, if they can win it, then – you know they, you know they're making a statement that hey we're 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 probably going to be in this the whole way and 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 maybe we'll be better than you know just around a 500 team. I think these next five games for the Eagles are going to determine what they're going to do at quarterback. And after Stephen Ross's comment today, the owner of the Dolphins saying that he wants to have Deshaun Watson as his starting quarterback. I mean, either the organization or a agent got that out, but it's out there now that he wants that guy to be the starting quarterback. Listen to who the Eagles have here in the next couple games here, Howard. They have Cowboys on Monday. Then they've got a 3-0 Panther team. Then they've got a much improved, and this weekend they're going to be taking on the headless Miami Dolphin team without the quarterback. Brissett's going to be in. He's very capable of winning a game, but they got the Dolphins. Then they turn around, and they got the Chiefs, and then the Buccaneers. I think we're going to find out, or do you agree that they're going to know the value of what Jalen Hurts is after these next five games and what to do at quarterback? Is that fair? Well, yeah, I think it is fair, and and I think it's it'll it'll certainly show a larger picture. And he still is a guy who hasn't started a whole lot of games uh, in the league, but you know their offensive line has been better, and that that's a big key uh, for them. And so they're they're finding out about him. And I, I don't know if five games gives them the entire answer. But if you still if you continue to see that progress and continue to see him getting better and the and him you know playing pretty well, I mean you could you know you could go two and three. Let's say I'm just throwing out a number. You can go two and three in those games, but he plays pretty well, and you're saying, hey, we, we think this guy can do it consistently. And and so, but because the other factor is with him only being in the second year of his contract, and it's a very inexpensive rookie contract that enables you to do other things with your roster, improve your team, which you're not going to be able to do if you trade for Deshaun Watson and the money he's going to be paid and the draft choices you're going to have, you're going to have to give up. So I, I think we'll start getting a, a clearer picture of that. And unless the guy's just bad, and I don't think we will see that, then they'll, I think they'll, they'll have a, mu- a much better idea as we get to the halfway point in the season. Last question for you here. I just mentioned Stephen Ross making that comment. You know, that getting out there like that, if you're in Tua's camp now, he's banged up again. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously they did the right thing by coming out immediately as the 2020 season and saying he's our guy, didn't want to diminish the market value for the guy by saying he'd be in a quarterback competition. I think they've done all the right things, but now you've got the owner, and I thought he was behaving himself the last two years, Stephen yeah. Ross. And letting Chris Greer and Brian Flores do their job. But now all of a sudden he gets out in front of it and you kind of undermine a little bit here the you value do. of Tua on what his trade market value would be. If you're saying I want Watson, you obviously don't think that Tua is a guy that could compete against Josh Allen 
in the AFC East. Now you're looking at Mac Jones in the division, Zach Wilson. There's a lot of young players in that division. And when you see Tua, I'm not sure outside of maybe Zach, because I still don't know, and and um, Mac Jones too, but I don't know. It looks a lot of promise in those places. I mean, is that you think what they're doing right now? They're panicking a little bit in Miami? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's panic, whatever it is. I mean, there was a story several weeks ago and maybe not with as much attached to it that the belief that Stephen Ross wanted Deshaun Watson or, you know, whatever, whatever it was going to be, you don't, you, but you don't do your franchise any help by, by letting that out there. And, and it's like you said, you undermine the people who make the decisions, you undermine the, whatever you're going to have to give. If in fact you do make a move uh, to, to get Deshaun Watson and it's just not smart as an owner. I've always thought, and I'm trying to remember now, what, what was it earlier this week? that Jerry Jones said when you were asking me about him being happy, he came out and said something on the radio that I'm saying, why are you saying that? Why do you continue to undermine your football team? And I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just drawing, I, I forget what it was he said, uh, an opinion on a player or something. And I'm saying, you, you just can't do that as an owner. And and I, 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 I've believed, Dan, over the last, what has it been? Two and a half decades that this team has not achieved on the field consistently. And I think a large part of it is because Jerry Jerry Jones. I mean, what what team is the owner of the face of the franchise? No, none, none, none. But he has to be the face of the franchise, and he had and it's radio shows and interviews. I mean, last week NFL Network is is trumpeting the fact that Jerry Jones is going to be a guest on the morning, you know, the the preview <laughs> show on Sunday morning. Say, what what what? Who cares? You know, who cares? But I think it undermines your head coach. It makes players wonder who's, you know, who's really in charge. And now everyone knows the owner quote is in charge, but they still like to like to believe that the coach has some has some power. And I just think he he emasculates coaches and it's just not a good place to be. And I, I think that's contributed to the fact that they've just been an average franchise for a long, long time on the field. You know, I couldn't close up by not bringing up a Hall of Fame comment here. And I will ask you this. Why is Bob Kraft? not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with all the AFC championships that he has as an owner. I mean, even before Tom Brady showed up, he did own the football team when Bledsoe went to the Super Bowl. I mean, that was his ball team. I'm just curious. I mean, this guy's got six championship rings. It doubles uh, Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but Bob Kraft's not. Why? The year that Jerry Jones went in, there was a big push and for him because of the whole business aspect of it and what he's meant to the national football league. But we also know that most of what Jerry Jones does in business is about Jerry Jones. And, and so, but there was a push for him. Then I, I thought that Pat Boland should have gone in before Jerry Jones. Howard, let me stop you for one second. Do you think that blue ribbon committee was a joke? Uh, because you I, know, I know what, too, they created a lane to put Paul Tagliabue in yeah. when there's no way any one of you guys would have pushed that guy. You would have debated him. There was good things that he did. We all know that. But this guy had a hairdresser as a person that was looking after the players in CTE and all that. And there's no voter. You guys were the caretakers. That's why I get you on, Howard. Every guy I talk to, you know, here's a lane for Jerry and here's a lane for um, the former commissioner, which in my opinion, 
I probably think Roger Goodell probably pushed that envelope across the table to get him in because that's a guy he took over for. I mean, that Blue Ribbon Committee has done – maybe I'm wrong when I say this. You tell me I'm wrong. I think it's done more harm to what you guys do as a selection committee well, than what it meant to really do when it came to putting the proper guys in the league, well, in the there, Hall there, of Fame. Yeah, there were a lot of differences. And Paul Tagliabue was in that room on a few occasions and 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 wasn't elected uh, with the coaches. Uh, and I'm not, you know, J- Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher, and I'm not going to say they're not worthy. But on but, TV? I mean, we but, find out on TV on that TV CBS and, and Fox push that? And and Don Coryell, who's been a finalist in out in in the room with the regular the, the regular process five different times, and still is waiting uh, to to get in. And so, but that go back to your original question about Robert Kraft. I mean, he's going to have his day. I I thought that this year might have been you know, the day for him after Jones and Bolin uh, went in, but there was this real feeling about Art McNally. And all he did for the league and officiating and 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 all those things that uh, that he was very very deserving. God, the guy's ninety six years old, and I, I've always felt this is me personally that the contributors that go in, into the Hall of Fame should be guy who guys who contributed to the winning and losing on the field, and and those are owners. Those are general managers, personnel guys. I'm glad with the contributor committee over a number of years, there's been you know a lot more general managers uh, got in than had been uh, getting in. That's my own personal feeling. Not everyone agrees with me. Not everyone agrees with me. I mean, Ed Sable and Steve Sable are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They were already they were given the Pete Rozelle Radio and TV Award for everything they did. They they helped. They, they were incredible. They, they brought the game to the people. They chronicled the game for years and years and years. Does that mean that you deserve a bust in the Pro Football Hall of Fame with players and all the ones who, you know, affected, affected the outcome on the field? I always wondered about that, to be quite honest. And it's not to diminish anything that those people nope. did. Nope. But do we, put, do we put Rune Arledge in the Hall of Fame because he created, um, helped create Monday Night Football and what that has meant? Uh, to the National Football League. I mean, I, I don't know where you go uh, from there. And so that that's kind of my feeling on some of those things. So, and, you know, some say, well, it's about time an official went into the Hall of Fame. Well, really? I don't know. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, but hey, they're eligible. They're, you know, they're, they're worthy. Art, Art McNally meant an incredible amount, bringing integrity and professionalism to officiating, even though a lot of people obviously rail about officials and all that. But he, he brought a lot of professionalism to it. And so he's a very deserving guy in what he did. Is that Hall of Fame? Well, a lot of, a lot of people you know believe that he is. So, I mean, I, we all I, have I, our I would just I'll leave it with you on this. So we're going to debate over. Um, a referee and Roger Brown, who was part of the fearsome foursome and played on those great Lions defensive lines with Alex Karras and was a fearsome foursome guy in Los Angeles, a seven time pro bowler. And he's not in the pro football hall of fame, but I'm going to put a ref in <laughs> hey, hey, Howard, you're going to have to pass. I'm going to pass on that day. <laughs> well, we've got, uh, I'll just say, you know, Obviously, as you've brought up on every time we get together, this player, that player, we, 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 there's a long, long list of players, deserving players that can be that can be debated and argued that that should be in the Hall of Fame. And 
and it's not wrong to to promote any of them. And so there, there there's a whole bunch, like I said, and and. I mean, I could give it. I, I can mention names that you haven't even mentioned to me. Guys. You, you like, know what, Howard? You could probably Anderson, come up with a Ken team. Anderson, Ken Riley. I mean, the, you know, Randy Gratishar has been waiting for for a long, long time. There's there's a lot, and so it just shows how hard it is. But but to compare a player to a contributor, whatever the contributor is, is kind of apples and oranges. And so I, I was just comparing the, a contributor to the other contributors who who, like I said in my mind, contributed to the, to the product on the field. And, uh, you know, Jerry, Jerry Jones got in for his business, for what he did business-wise with the league. But you know what? His, his title is also general manager. I would argue that if any other general manager had his record, he might not even get in the room to be discussed. Now, granted, they did win three or four Super Bowls when he was, when he was the owner, but hasn't done a whole lot since then. So, I, that but that was that that was not taken into account when when he was elected. Absolutely correct, and he's no Al Davis. I mean, <laughs> Al won Super Bowls with different regimes and different coaches running the organization, and Al was really a football guy totally. in his background. Jerry, because he played college football, doesn't make you an NFL guy. Howard, no. we could talk forever, and I thank you so much for coming aboard. Thank you, my friend. My pleasure, Dan. Take care. You got it. The great Howard Balzer from Sports Illustrated. We'll take a timeout. Get back to all your thoughts. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears when it comes to the fight against insurance companies large corporations and the healthcare industry injured victims are always the underdog but that doesn't worry us at Messon Associates we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at mesalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Howard Balzer has been involved in the NFL for over 40 years. He was the first draft analyst on ESPN with Chris Berman and Paul Zimmerman. It was those three guys. They started the NFL draft when it came to a televised event. He was always there. I mean, him and Zimmerman were the experts for Chris Berman. I mean, he's one of the legendary guys. He's so plugged in. We're so fortunate to have him, and we appreciate him stepping in. By the way, an hour two, we're going to talk to our friend Randy Cross. Works for college football, CBS now. Has three Super Bowl championships with the 49ers. Pretty big game, 49ers-Packers this weekend. We'll get into that. We'll hit a little bit up on that, and we'll get to all your thoughts. By the way, um, Jordan Milata, have we confirmed that now he's out? For Monday night, man, just give the guy a contract extension, four years, and he gets through that very physical 49er team, and they were very physical. And By the way, I said it to you on Sunday on the post game, and I said it to you on Monday, okay? I thought in the second half, Boza really got the better of Jordan Mulata in the second half. I thought Milata did a really nice job, okay, in the first half. And I really thought that the Eagles' fronts did a nice job in the first half. But there's 60 minutes of football, and the 49ers just out-schemed them and really out-adjusted them. Master says questionable. Okay, good. Kevin, Jerry, Jerry Jones is no Al Davis, and I love Jerry, and I love Steven. Steven's been on our show here, the National Football Show, and we're going to get him again. Um, just Mike says – sprained MCL, and Masters says very questionable. They may probably hold him out of that game. Remember, this is a 17-week NFL season now. Man, this is about getting to the finish line. You know, the war of attrition is really going to take its toll this year on these guys. I know some of you don't think that that extra game is going to matter. I do think, and, po and possibly in the future, I think the NFL Players Association has to come up with another bye week. If you want to make sure that you don't see backup quarterbacks or backup players in Super Bowls, you're going to have to give these guys more rest. These short work weeks. You work on a Monday night, then you have to work on a Sunday. Or you're a traveling team on a Monday, then you got a short work week, and you got to get somewhere on Sunday. Those are always difficult for players. Because most of the players, as you're starting to get into the season, you've got to deal with nagging injuries now, and you've got to get treatment. And when you're on an airplane and you're in a hangar or you're sitting there waiting to get on, the last time that you're in front of a treatment machine or you're in front of your trainer, the last time you have a chance of getting back on a football field, that takes its toll on these guys. And as you 
I'm going to make this point to you. You know what? Maybe the quarterbacks are going to play longer nowadays, but the other positions in this league, because you're adding games, you're talking about adding another football game in two years and making it 18 games and taking some of the preseason games away. You start doing that, you need to make sure that you give these players proper rest. By the way, I'm not crying wolf here, and I'm not saying that the league needs to be soft here, but you're going to have to give – like Jordan Mulata, for me, I might hold him out. I need him the entire season, not for one game. Some would go, Dan, it's Dallas. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's, it's a divisional game. you got to win that game. you got to win that ball game. But I don't know. Tough place these teams are in now. Especially if you don't have a lot of depth at your positions. Smile says, one leg Milana is better than completely healthy first round bust Dillard. I'll tell you what, though. You might line Michael Parsons up on him. Let's test that. Let's test that knee out. That's what I would do. If I was the Dallas Cowboys, I'd put the rookie on him and speed rush him. Let's move him. Don't you think the Dallas Cowboys know this now? The Cowboys know that Jordan Mulata has a sprained knee. What do you do? Here, how do you think the NFL and players around the league and coordinators, and especially the Dallas Cowboys, are going to game plan against Jordan Mulata? Speed rushes. Why would I give him the advantage? Okay? Why would I give him the advantage of running into him and trying to power rush a guy who's 6'7", 380 pounds, and right now can't move. Well, it's questionable on whether he can move. I'm going to speed rush the living crap out of Jordan Mulata. Even if I don't get to the quarterback, I'm going to make that guy move that knee around, and I'm going to make that guy slide as much as I possibly can. I'm going to get the fastest guy I have on my team and speed rush him. Master says Diller can handle lighter ends like the Cowboys have. Well, you're going to have to handle speed because Parsons, I thought, looked really good when they put his hand in the dirt. I thought he looked pretty good when it came to pass rushing some of those uh, Charger offensive line last week. You know, Demarcus Lawrence was out, so they utilized him in a speed rush situation, and I thought he was really good. Kevin says, Eagles website says, injured reserve at the moment. That could change. Wow. Injured reserve? I don't want to see it. He's on injured reserve? Or he's questionable? Man. Okay, well, so that means he's in a state of, of probable. Or, no, no, he's probably in a state of doubtful. That's how you have to categorize him. He's probably doubtful. Then there's probable. You know, they, that, and you know what's funny? Isn't it crazy? The NFL is the only sport and that releases these, these, like, injury reports. Why do they release the injury reports before games? For the gamblers? You really think the fans, too? You're not releasing the injury reports. Yeah, Mike, IR is three weeks minimum. That's what I said. He's on IR. That's three weeks. That can't change. 
So you better make sure, because if he's he's doubtful, that's one thing. You're listing him as doubtful. That means he's still active. Once you put someone on IR, that's three weeks. Minimum. Minimum. Ken Malata on IR. They are mentioning it. That he must be out or else they're – that's right. That's right, Ken. Wow, smile. That's That's big news. That's big news. That affects that affects my my thought process going into the Cowboy game. He's not on your old line. Okay. You're taking continuing to take strengths away. So you've lost Brooks and Mulata now going into the Cowboy game. How do you what do you do with Jalen Ertz then? Okay. Okay, Kev. That's cool. Nobody's going to hold your feet to the fire. Okay, what, what what do you do if you're Nick Sirianni and you've got injuries like this? By the way, you've got injuries in your most important places, your D-line and O-line. Right? I'd rather have some wideouts hurt right now than D-line and O-line. That's right, Ken. Here, get this. So you're going to go into these next couple weeks here, and you're going to go into – get here, ready? You're going to go into Carolina, and you're going to go into the Raider game without those players. And look, you look at Carolina, Carolina's doing a hell of a job on the defensive front. That's not going to be a soft game coming off the Cowboy game. Now, they've lost McCaffrey. I don't know how long with the hamstring. Sam Darnold's playing great football. Matt Rule's really turned him around so far. But are they doing it with smoke and mirrors? A little bit, maybe. The Raiders, they're going to go into the Dolphin game this weekend. No Tua Tugaviola. And I think you've got a little bit of chaos going in now in the Dolphin locker room now. You've got the owner of the football team. Jesus criminy, when are these owners ever going to learn? The owner of the Eagles got in the way. The owner of the Cowboys gets in the way. When are these guys going to ever learn? So Stephen Ross comes out, and it's now – a public statement that Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins because you know why? He sees what's in that AFC East. He knows that Mac Jones is going to be a good football player. He knows that Josh Allen is going to be an exceptional player. Now, I will say this about Josh Allen. First couple games out of the block, that inaccuracy stuff's kind of like rearing its head again. He's not been as accurate as he was in the last eight games and really all of last year. It's a little bit more inaccurate. You know what that's from? That's from the coordinator starting to see some of the strengths that he has, and they're starting to defend his strengths. And he's got to evolve a little bit more. He's got to become a little bit smarter, which means a lot more study work. How do you think Brady became the player that he is? There's nothing that you can throw at him defensively that Tom Brady has not seen or prepared for. That's his gift. Does he have the strongest arm? Absolutely not. Does Brady have the, 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 the greatest athletic prowess of all time? Absolutely not. But what's his gift? The fact that he's laser-focused and he's brilliant on how he dissects the intel. Remember what I told you yesterday. You know, I was explaining this to my wife because she heard me telling you guys 
She goes, I never really thought that that's what the quarterback position does. I said, why do you think that those plays are so detailed and so long sometimes when it comes to the verbiage? Before a quarterback even throws the football, a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's got to set the blocking scheme. He's got to set the protection in the backfield with the running back. Is it going to be max protection? Are you going to go out into the flat? Is it going to be block, release? He's got to tell the tight end on the scene the same thing. He hasn't even spoken to the wide receivers, and he's got to do this stuff in 25 seconds, 75 times a game. You know, you haven't even spoken to your Ys and Zs. What if they shift? Do you slide out of that and audible out of that? Release on the tight end like you saw Brady doing in that game against the Cowboys. You've got to be able to process all that and see all that And that's the gift on being a quarterback. You know what's funny? I hear people say that that quarterback sucks, like Andy Dalton, for instance. Do you understand how Andy Dalton is such a rare guy to have on your team? The Bears are lucky. You got a guy like that on your football team who knows how to get in and out of a huddle. You got a guy in Justin Fields, and you're going to see a little bit of that this weekend. That Justin Fields, how many times has he even been under center? As a quarterback, most of the time when he was at Ohio State, that guy was taking snaps in shotgun. Some of these quarterbacks have to be, like, reconditioned to take center snaps. Peyton Manning said that numerous times. When he was at Tennessee, this guy spread the football out, and he was constantly in shotgun. When he got to the Colts, he had to almost, like, relearn how to take snaps from the center because the majority of the time, that's what you have to do in the NFL because you don't want to give it away. So for me, Kevin says this, maybe Jerry can get Jalen a running shoe deal. Hey, I'll say this to you, okay? There is no question going into this football game, this this is going to take some real big-time coordinating from Nick Sirianni, okay? Wait a minute here. We just got an alert to make all Eagle fans feel better. Well, here is news to Brighton Eagle fans. Deshaun Jackson's on IR again. Let me guess. Let me guess. She broke a nail. Let me guess. Um, yeah, Sean. Is that your name? Sean. Sean McVeigh? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Deshaun here. Yeah. I'm at the boutique. Sean's like, yeah, I'm at the boutique. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can't go this week first, the Buccaneers, because... You know, I I cracked a fingernail. You know how I am. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I was getting a pedicure too, and one of my toes kind of like got into a spasm. So I I don't know. And I thought that I was definitely going to have to get treated. No, how many weeks? I don't know how long it takes to grow a nail back. Yeah, I'll get back with you. Let me talk to my friend here. You know, you know, you know, Billy Bob, my agent, oh, his agent wouldn't be Billy Bob. It'd be Hyman. Hey, hey, 
Hyman, how, 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 um, um, how, uh, tell me, tell me here, um, should I play? No, absolutely not. Should you play? Absolutely not. But wait a minute. You know, I came out here to Los Angeles to show everybody that I'm not as soft as everybody said I was in Philly. You acted like this in Philly? This is his agent. You acted like this in Philly? Yeah, because, you know, he has a new agent now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, I'm surprised you made it out of there. Look at Ben. Look what the Philly fans did to Ben Simmons. They got him trolling like bikini models. And he's like living in a hut somewhere in Southern California going, why don't they love me in Philly? Why don't they love me? Is it really because I can't have a jump shot that goes in? Is this really why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we hate you because you suck. <laughs> yeah. That, that's why. Are you kidding me? Deshaun Jackson on IR. Hey, wait a minute. Deshaun Jackson on IR. Did you happen to hear this one today, too? That Carson Wentz gave it a go with the Colts today. He gave it a go. What do you mean? He, he gave it a go. Wait a minute. He had to give it a go, guys. He's being called soft, and he's being called not a very tough guy right now. Why in the world would you stand on the sidelines with two sprained ankles if they are sprained enough? Okay? Dude, those legs of yours better be broken. This is the crap that went on in Philly that they thought you didn't lay it all on the line. And then when someone was drafted, you started crying because you start, started thinking that people were trying to undermine what you were doing because you were whispering, and you know who gets undermined? Do you know how many people get undermined in their life? You know who gets undermined? Otters. Not lions. Otters. People that are lunch meat. They get undermined. People always crying about somebody else. No, well, you know, him. Don't worry about your own game. Worry about your own game, right? How many otters do you have on your team? Lunch meat. The big seal goes up and eats the otters. That's Deshaun Jackson and Carson Wentz. Otters, okay? You got guys that go out there and play their ass off all the time, and they're broken up, and they're leaving pieces of their body all over this country. And they go out there and lay it on the line. Those are dudes that you want to have on your football team. And you're 53 every day. The night is long. That's how you build your team. You build your team around those kind of guys. You know what was always great? You got two. Jimmy Johnson used to have two rules for us. Show up on time and play like hell. We didn't have any other. People, there were no like. You know, people standing over us telling us to be quiet or don't say this or don't say that. That's why Jimmy's teams were revered the way they were because the coach of the football team took no shit from people. Hey, Robert, that's right, man. 
play like hell and show up on time. That's all I care about. John Madden had that rule, too. All right. We're going to take a brief timeout. We got Randy Cross at the bottom of the hour, owner of three Super Bowl rings. He works with college football, some significant games. I do want – hey, is Notre Dame big on the East Coast, like in the Philadelphia, New York area, you think? They get a game versus Wisconsin. I believe it's at Soldier Field this weekend. I want to hit on that, plus some of the other games that we have coming up this weekend in the NFL. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Show. By the way, our boy Randy Cross may be running a little late. He's on highway right now it's bumper to bumper so we hope to get him on if not it's all good i don't care really i love the guy too though it's one of my favorite people on the planet really great with college football owner of three super bowls by the way hey so like master baits which i love it's one of my favorite handles of all time thank you very little um hey no swipe up for good dates you swipe up bad dates you swipe down so i'm told <laughs> so I'm told, Hoss. Smile says ND is huge in Philly with large Irish and Catholic populations in Philadelphia, a huge TV market. Okay, cool. All right. 
right? That's good, man. I love that. So let me throw this at you here. And I'm going to ask Randy Cross this question, too. You ready? So Brian Kelly this weekend, if he beats Wisconsin, he'll pass Newt Rockney for the most wins in Irish history as a head football coach. Let me ask you something here with that. Um, as, as awesome as that is, you'd think Brian Kelly was brought into Notre Dame to win games or win national championships. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, bastard. It's good. He's brought in to win championships, right? Brian Kelly's won a lot of games at Notre Dame, but what's the significant games? Did Georgia win or what did they tie? I forget what that – I think they beat Georgia a couple of years back. But really, what's been the significant wins that he has had where you went, man, I'll tell you what, that guy's really a hell of a football coach. When the big teams like Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, every time they get into games like that, these guys get rolled by 25 points. I mean, they get killed in those games. That one national championship game down in Miami – that Alabama played against Notre Dame, they beat the brakes off them. I mean, that thing wasn't even close. Andrew asked the question, can Jalen outperform Dak? Well, let me ask you, Andrew. You're not going to have Malata in the game, and you're not going to have Brooks. You're already banged up in the offensive line. What do you think the chances? Not that the Cowboys are a massive pass-rushing football team. They're not, but I mean... That's two significant injuries that you have in your group right now. I mean, your left tackle's out, and one of your guards are out. That's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. JP, Eagles are about to play their third different O-line combination already. JP, that is so terrible, man. It really is not any – look, it's great if you're trying to create depth on your football team to get through a 17-game season. And I'll give you that if you have the personnel inside that locker room that be able to do that with. Third different combination going into the game against the Cowboys. That's got to be tough to get any kind of continuity going. By the way, I'll ask even Randy Cross that question. Randy played on one of the great offensive lines in NFL history when he was with those 49er teams with Joe Montana. He played with Montana, won three Super Bowls. And to keep consistently moving guys in and out, man, I mean, that can't be good going into that Dallas game. Our Anthony, all the wins means nothing without the chip. So correct to validate. And that's where I was going, Anthony. To validate Brian Kelly's career at Notre Dame, he's got to win a national championship. I mean, all those wins, could he turn into being the Marty Schottenheimer of college football? You know, Marty Schottenheimer has 205 wins. Do you know that he's got more wins than Chuck Knoll? I mean, look at the Hall of Fame coaches that Schottenheimer has an absolute incredible win percentage during the regular year. And everyone knows 4-14 four and 14 in the postseason, was always outcoached in the postseason. But Marty's record during the regular season, he won a lot of division titles when he was in Cleveland. Also, when he was in Kansas City, he's in the Kansas City Sports 
uh, Hall of Fame, and he's in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. But when it comes to talking about him as a Hall of Fame guy, this guy won 205 games. The postseason will keep him out of Hall of Fame consideration. Hey, and the guy that just went in to the Hall of Fame, Tom Flores, I think Tom Flores is sensational. Won two Super Bowls. But when you look about, you know, records and you look at who's won a boatload of games, dude, I got to tell you, man, Marty Schottenheimer's won a lot of games. JP says, Dak should be the starter on every fantasy roster. Absolutely, JP. They're going to throw for a boatload of yards. There's going to be a lot of attempts. There's going to be a lot of fantasy points for t- for for all the people that touch the ball in that offense. This kid, Tony Pollard, is turning out to get a lot more carries, and he should get a lot more carries. He should get the majority of the bulk of the production opportunities. He's more here. If, Like I said before to you, if Bill Belichick was the head football coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Zeke would barely be playing. And nobody would care how much money he's making, especially Belichick. This is about production with him. You know, you get bad contracts sometimes. Dallas has three of them, Jalen Smith and Ezekiel Elliott. They're in a tough spot here. They've got to dump. And when you start dumping guys and you can't trade guys like that because the number's so high, it, it, it's like an it's an anchor around your franchise's neck because it's a cap hit. Now, next year, you're going to be able to defer a lot of that money out. But Dallas has two major issues with contracts. Next year, Ezekiel Elliott's going to cost the Dallas Cowboys $18 million against the cap. There's no way he's on that team unless he restructures it. No way. The kid Pollard is making $850,000 a year right now. Zeke makes five fifty-five a game. The Cowboys are going to look at that and go, I'm getting more production. The guy's averaging seven yards a carry going into the Eagle game. Hey, you, hey. Mike, there's another guy with a contract, Amari Cooper, because you traded first-rounders away. You know, you've got to eat that $20 million a year deal too. Look at what you're paying. If you're, if you're the Cowboys and you got that team lined up against the Eagles on Monday night, you got a you got a running back now that is going to be making 18 million bucks next year. You got a wide receiver that's making 20 and he's not the star on the team. CeeDee Lamb's now the star on the team. You got O-line that's getting older. Your window of opportunity to win an NFL championship, I think it was gone 2 years ago. I don't think their window's open now, Dallas. Dallas is a 10-win team at best. And that's if they get by Philadelphia on Monday night. Okay? And they may look like they're going to get a break going into this Eagle game because the Eagles are already, as you guys have mentioned, you're talking about a third different group setting in the offensive line going into the Cowboy game. I don't know how Nick Sirianni gets continuity into that. How do you build a running game? And, and, And on top of that, your left tackle is questionable for the game on Monday night? Man, you've got really a lot of issues going into that football game. A lot of issues. And I'm talking Eagles have a lot of issues. Just, I'm not, hey, if that's me, but see, Mike McCarthy doesn't have the Stunads to sit there and look at Jerry Jones and go, I'm not playing Zeke. 
I'm giving Tony Pollard the majority of the offense. And we're going to try to run our offense through screens and also middle screens and giving him the ball 21 times. What do you have, 13 carries last week for 107 yards rushing? He's catching footballs out of the backfield. And by the way, that's not because Zeke is some sort of decoy. He's 22nd in runs per carry. He's at 3-9. This guy's at 7-1. Now he's going to keep that up. He's obviously not going to keep seven yards of carry up. But they got to start giving him more, more of the load of the offense. It would be beneficial to the Cowboys against the Eagles if they gave him more of the production opportunities. Diller will play decent enough to get traded. Kevin says Bill Belichick would tell Zeke <laughs> to get me a Gatorade. He would. He wouldn't be playing. But see, that's coaches that have autonomy in the locker room. You think Nick Sirianni is going to go like this? I'm not playing this guy this week. I'm playing him. How he tells him who he's playing. When you have too many cooks in the kitchen, this is the crap that goes into the issues when it comes to putting right personnel group settings together. See, Howie Roseman actually thinks he's a football coach along with being a general manager and an evaluator. That's not his job. I think this guy should start. Well, guess what? That's not your job description, guy. You're a personnel director. You're to work with the head coach and put personnel. But see, that's not what the definition of general manager means in Philly. Here, I'll give you exactly the great places that understand what the definition of general manager means. In Pittsburgh, for instance, Kevin Colbert um, is in that room for a reason. He's there for Mike Tomlin. He's there to make sure Mike Tomlin has every asset that he possibly can to make his football team win. That's why Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record in his 14 years going into his 15 years because Mike gets what he wants when it comes to the type of players that he wants in his locker room. And Mike has shown you that he can coach A.B., Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger. It doesn't matter what the personality is. But he works with the GM. Jerry tells the head coach who's playing, and he's even involved in the play designs and the play structuring of what you're putting with a game plan each and every single week. That could be destructive, man. Why are you hiring a coach? You know, when you hire Mike McCarthy as a coach and then you keep the same offensive coordinator, he's not really a coach, is he? McCarthy was a play caller in Green Bay. What the hell is he doing in Dallas? A traffic cop? Robert says after trading Sony Michelle, Belichick was counting on Stevenson, the rookie running back from Oklahoma, and his first carry fumbled. Bill benched him. Haven't seen him for the last two games. Robert, that's exactly correct. That's a punishment, too. But you know what? Watch this, Robert. Robert points a great point out here. Okay? Robert's point there, if Howie Roseman had drafted that kid Stevenson, that kid Stevenson would be active on Sunday. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Stevenson, if this was – let's pretend, Robert, here. Let's pretend here for a second, Robert. Let's pretend that Howie Roseman's general manager of the uh, Dallas Cowboys for a second. He'd play that guy, wouldn't he? Whereas Bill or any coach or a guy like Pete Carroll or anybody who had the control inside that locker room 
would be absolutely saying this, that guy is not playing this weekend. But the general managers that control the team and control the rosters and control the coaching staff, make the hires on the coaching staff, tell you who's going to play, what group settings, and the general managers are keeping basically account of the money when it comes to incentives. That's all that is. You understand that, right? The reason that Howie Roseman has so much control over the roster is because he's saving money for the owner. He's saving money for the owner. Because let's hypothetically say this. Say the Eagles are in a position where they've won five or six games at the end of the year. Hypothetically, okay? You think you're going to play all the stars that have incentives if they play 75 or 70% of the offenses? You don't think you're going to see a lot of healthy scratches and guys not active? They did that notoriously last year. They started benching guys because they didn't want to pay the player incentives of being, do you know how, here, I'll just give you guys a little brief. You have a base salary, but if I'm active every week, I get in, I used to get an additional $5,000. Okay. All right. Let's switch gears here. I'm going to make a comment here. And I wonder if my great friend, Randy Cross here, who joins us now from CBS Sports, agrees here. This weekend, Randy, um, Brian Kelly of Notre Dame has an opportunity to pass Newt Rockney uh, for the all-time wins at Notre Dame if he wins. He's won a lot of games there. But in my opinion, he's turning into the Marty Schottenheimer of college football in a way. Marty's won 205 regular season games. One of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. Doesn't Brian Kelly have to win a national championship to validate that record at Notre Dame? Oh, oh, heck yeah. E even if they gave him back all those wins that got taken away. Um, you know, Newt won three. That was the first thing I thought of was, was, yeah, I can see that being a comparison, but how many national championships does, does Kelly have? So to me, that's the bottom line. That's kind of where you got to start and start and end, especially with great coaches. And, you know, we both played for some really good ones. So. Yeah, I was, hey, at the end of that, before you introduced me, I'm really glad to hear that pay plan you guys had there at Miami. So if you yeah. started, you got an extra 5K? No, 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 that, no, 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 wait a minute. That was when I was with the Buccaneers. <laughs> when I was at Miami, it was 15K. I'm just, I'm just, exactly. <laughs> Hey, remember exactly. this, Alonzo Highsmith and I took pay cuts when we went to the NFL. That's true. That's, not, that's true enough. All right, Randy, is there anybody that can slow down this train in Tuscaloosa? Um, probably the guys on the train. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the schedule, you know, Southern Miss ain't going to get them this week. But the next two weeks with Ole Miss and A&M, if they play human like they have the last couple, either one of those teams, especially Ole Miss, could get it. The problem, you know, they face is traditionally Nick's teams – at this point of the schedule, start getting better and better and better every week. So that by the time you get to week seven, um, they're playing ridiculous. And that, that's what you look at. If you, it's, it's cliche to say it, but if you're going to get them, you better get them now. Okay, the USC job. Um, I, threw, I, I threw a couple of these out here. Mario Cristobal, obviously, that's going to be one of the names. Do they need to go back to the formula and not so much the Pete Carroll tree, but the Pete Carroll ideology, a Doug Peterson, 
a Jack Del Rio, an NFL-style coach, to be the head coach of that place. Look, it's going to be a $10 million job for whoever takes the gig. They could pretty much stroke a check, yeah. and they could tell you to fill it in because they have that gigantic endowment. Tell me your thoughts on the USC job because obviously Clay Helton wasn't getting it done. I don't know what firing the coach does during the regular season. I don't know what that yeah. proves to you, but anyway, just your thoughts on that job opening. Yeah, I, I guess you know the athletic director's excuse is it gives us a, an entire, uh, it gives us a few extra months to to make sure we do the right job. And if you need three more months to pick out a, a coach for that program, you're the wrong guy for that job. <laughs> um, you know, since John McKay left there to go to the NFL, you look at Jr. You know, Jr. was a John Robinson. He was an NFL assistant, NFL guy that came into the college game and exploded. Um, you know, it's worth at least looking at. I just think in in this in today's world, you're almost it's almost incumbent upon you to to get one of those kind of offensive guys, one of those guys that is one of the you know the cutting edge, you know, toys and bells and whistles. And all that, because SC is still going to get people at the line of scrimmage. They're going to get great quarterbacks. You know about their receivers and their running backs. So one, why not get somebody that can do something, you know, real cutting edge? How about this one, Randy? I told Mario Cristobal goes like this to me. He goes, be careful if you're UCLA playing this Fresno State team. And I told everybody on my show, I went, do you know who the guys are at Fresno? They're the guys at UCLA and USC didn't want for whether you're too short, maybe you're not as fast. And these guys have an ass with those programs. And they're always going to – don't ever – you can never argue that those guys never show up. Those Bulldogs show up to USC and UCLA games. And I wasn't shocked. A lot of people around the country were. I know that you you know what I'm talking about. Oh, here. Yeah. Just when I was starting to believe in Brian Kelly or Chip Kelly a little bit, Give me your thoughts on UCLA and where they are right now with Chip. Well, if you'd asked me that a week ago, I'd have said they're in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, now I wouldn't be surprised if they lost to Stanford tomorrow. Um, yeah, I just don't know. They're, they're, right now, there's still no there there. There's still no one thing you put the finger on and say, this is the group. Uh, maybe part of that is, you know, uh, their quarterback, I think, is is incredibly talented. I just don't know how reliable and consistent he can be. Um, I, I'm not sure about the program. And if they lose to Stanford, there's going to be a lot of people not sure about the program. So, yeah, I, they, they've got to win at least eight or nine games to, to look at it and go, yeah, they're, they're going in the right direction. Two more questions for you, and I want, I want to follow up on that because tell me what Tommy Prothrow and what, you know, Vermeil and what, you know, all those great coaches that, you know, what, what, what did they do that's so different today that they put that football field and that football team? UCLA, when I grew up, Randy, was always competitive. You saw them fighting for UC. UCLA was always fighting SC for a shot at the Rose Bowl in the Pac-8 championship, what's different now today compared to what you saw when the program was really at its height? Yeah, I think the main difference, um, you have to look at what Terry Donahue did. You know, my guy TD, he recruited me out of high school, and he was 
coaching with Pepper Rogers back then at Kansas, went to UCLA. Then he coached under Dick Vermeil, And it wasn't until the year after I left, they made him the head coach. Um, he recruited like crazy. He got the same kind of guys they've always gotten as far as skill guys and defensive guys. But at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, he knew what the horse flesh looked like, and he knew what it really took to control the line of scrimmage. And that's something the Bruins haven't done now in 10, 15 years. I mean, really had dominant people up front. It's, it, it's just been a while. And that's what, that was the most sort of encouraging thing earlier in the year when I watched them play was, hey, yeah, they're starting to get that, that kind of that swag back. They're, trying, they're starting to get that feel at the line of scrimmage. And they may still show that they are, but that's the one difference. That was the difference. If you're talking L.A. football, the great Ram teams had great lines. The great SC teams had great lines. The great UCLA teams had great lines. And if you don't have that, and you know, you know, both sides of the line, you're going to have a hard time competing, especially nowadays in college football. I used to tell people the rock stars at UCLA and at USC were in the old lines. They were rock stars, and the running backs were all the rock stars on yeah. those teams. Well, when I, was in, when I was in high school, I was Ron Yeri and those guys before he went to – the Minnesota Vikings back in the back in the day day, you know, and then they had some unbelievable offensive linemen, you know, Marvin Powell and and Billy uh, Billy Bain and Don Mosbar, yeah, Mosbar, Bruce were, Matthews, Munoz. Got, those guys played gotta, on like the same line. <laughs> they're and they're everywhere in Southern California. It's not like there's only quarterbacks and running backs doing seven on seven. There's offensive linemen everywhere in Southern California. Finally here, the um, expansion talk looks like it's fizzled because of what's happened with Texas and Oklahoma. Boy, that thing's really thrown a wrench into the whole works here, man. I mean, nobody's really bringing it up. I mean, yeah. hey, look, I saw the Big I saw the Big 12, and I, I, I like Cincinnati, and I like Houston. Those are nice programs, but as you and I know, that ain't Texas OU. I don't know, man. I mean, I hope they're good and all. You look like a souped-up Conference USA to me. I don't know. I mean, so, Randy, you think this thing's in chaos a little bit here with the expansion now because of what's happened with the expansion of the, of the SEC? Well, I think if you look at both the, the Power Five and the Group of Five, yeah, there's a little bit of disarray um, because they're just trying to cannibalize each other. But I'll say one thing for the Big Eight. It didn't take them long to get back to 12 teams. And, you know, hats off to them. Because they didn't mess around. They just went out and took care of it after they lost OU in Texas. And OU is a huge loss. I know Texas fans, it's, it's a lot of marquee name value for Texas. But the football value to Texas, I think, has been lessened an awful lot over the last five or ten years. So I don't know how much the Big 12 is going to miss them outside of a chance to beat them every year. Okay, i leave you guys with this. Randy said, you know, oh, so Miami was paying you this. Let me tell you what these guys with the 49ers were getting, Kevin Fagan. Somehow they would show up with this great all-family-paid trip to Hawaii if these guys won Super Bowls. And I don't know, maybe there's something under your pillow or in your room. or <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I heard a $250,000 deal that Ronnie signed, and it was something in a <laughs> – Let's just say we were professionals and we were properly motivated. 
Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Anytime, Dan. Anytime. Thanks, man. You got it, man. Randy Cross, the owner of three Super Bowl rings. We'll take a brief time out, get back to your thoughts. Only place you should be on this Football Friday is here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go for the steaks. And the steak. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Back to you guys. Love talking to Randy Cross, man. That 49er franchise. Smile, the Bartolos, the best owner in NFL history. The things he did for his players, he was so oh, You know what? The greatest owners, man, that's a great comment. Who are the greatest owners in NFL history? DeBartolo, um, Al Davis, I would have to say the Roonies. Those guys were spectacular in how they ran 
their franchise. I mean, the Roonies. You know, you know, here, I'll say this to you, man. When, when, when you're a Pittsburgh Steeler and you get drafted into that organization, they give you every chance to go in there and you really have to fail not to be a Steeler. And it really doesn't matter what round you're drafted in. Antonio Brown wasn't a first three-round guy, you know. They found him in the latter rounds. He wasn't a first-round dude. James Harrison, how many times was he cut before he ended up landing a Hall of Fame career in Pittsburgh? Do you know that the Baltimore Ravens cut him numerous times because they didn't think that he could play on that football team? Or they weren't sure because they had so many stars, Suggs and Lewis and Reed and all them dudes that were on that football team. And you had James Harrison in the building and you couldn't stick him on that roster. You didn't have the insight. Steelers saw it and they took this kid and now he's going to Canton. Right? I love the fact he's going to Canton. Wait, I love it. I love the head coaching being who he is 100%. Ron Rivera was always big on T-shirts too. Wait, so was Jimmy Johnson. We used to do these theme shirts, and we used to have themes each week. And you know why I like the theme? Because it keeps you focused on what that week is. If I were Nick Sirianni, I'd have one for the Panthers. Then I would have one for the Raiders. I mean, hey, look, here's a revisit. Look, at, This is how I would do it, okay? Sam Darnold. This guy here is going through rehab. Matt Rule's rehabbing him. Maybe the Eagles are going to have him fall off the wagon. I don't, I don't know. Then you turn around and get this. Then you have the Raiders, a revisit of the Super Bowl back in the day. Let's get it right this time. Some, some dumb cliche. And some of you are probably going like this. That's really high school stuff. So what, man? Anything to keep you focused on the job at hand at the end of the week where you have to play a football game against somebody and it keeps you focused that you know it's Raider week. Then you know it's Kansas City week. Then you know it's Buccaneer week. Brady does that all the time. Look at his Instagram. Look at his um, Twitter feed. Brady's doing that every week, coming out to Los Angeles to make a point. Do you don't think Brady knows the stage? He's going to be in Los Angeles with all the stars at the game. And he's going to go into L.A., into SoFi, and he's going to want to put a show on. Just Mike, you still got any of those T-shirts, Dano? I do. I don't know if I have one around here. Hang on. I don't think I do. I don't think I do. I got the Bosworth one around here somewhere. It's got the middle finger up, and it says, F you, Boz. I love those shirts. Jimmy would do them all the time. We'd wear them under our shoulder pads. Take my shoulder pads off. Bosworth's walking towards us. It says, F you, Boz. <laughs> he didn't care. Guy walked by, and he says something to me about the T-shirt. I remember he mumbled it, and I said, excuse me, I didn't hear you. And he kept walking. I said, it's what I thought. <laughs> it's, we, we, we were crazy. Crazy. With Jerome? Dude, we were crazy, Mike. Jerome, we, we had a T-shirt after we beat Oklahoma. My, um, 
Jerome's junior year, my sophomore year, Jerome went into Norman. You're going to love this. Mike, we had a T-shirt made the next day, and we all wore it. It was a T-shirt with Jerome's pants down. He had just taken a crap in an Oklahoma helmet, and it has it, it had over the heading, Jerome saying, next. <laughs> and we wore those T-shirts. We beat them like 28-10 or something. First time they got crushed in their home opener in like 30 years or something. We beat the pants off them. Wick says it's time for Milton Williams to shine. Hey, Mike, we did, we did that stuff all the time. You go go on my Twitter stuff, man. I mean, I I I, I used to say crap like this all the time. Top time to stop lipping and start hitting. Okay, we do our trash talking all week long. And as Friday came, somebody would ask me a question, and I would be like, it's "Time to stop lipping and let's go hit." Okay, all that crap's over with. Let's go hit somebody. Let's go play sixty. I showed up once to a, a press conference in a Hell's Angels jacket. And this was this was not one of my finer moments. So I show up to, and I got this thing at a um at like a um it wasn't a garage sale, but it was it was it was like a pawn shop. Somebody had pawned it or something, and I, I don't know, I bought it and so I show up to a press conference in a Hell's Angels jacket. And Jimmy's like, why? I said, no, I think it's funny. Sure enough, oh, this guy, he's a, these guys are Hell's Angels on cleats. And I'm like, it's just fun. Easy. Don't be so serious. We're trying to bring a little color into the game a little bit. A little bit of excitement and fun. Don't go crazy here. Oh! You're 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 the bad seed of sports. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wick says you just look for trouble. No. No, 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 no. You look for trouble when you scheduled us. Oh. South Carolina wants to put us on the schedule? Fantastic. You want to have a home So South Carolina Wick, South Carolina decides to have a home opener against the University of Miami. Brand new stadium. They open up Bryce Stadium, right? And we all got word that they're opening this new stadium, Bryce Stadium in South Carolina. I said, this is great. And we're going to send this party home. We beat, we must have beat them 35-3 or something, walking off the field. It's quite a, Quite a stadium opening, isn't it? <laughs> we walked in here and beat the doorknobs off you guys. I go, these showers are nice, brand new, man. This whole place is really nice, wonderful. You guys got it. <laughs> yeah, that was a rule back in the day, Wick. Don't ever schedule the Hurricanes. If you've got homecoming, um, if you're opening a stadium or you're celebrating something, don't 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 schedule us. That would now. Hell, you you could schedule the University of Miami. I don't know. You could schedule them anything. I'm I'm sure like the local like uh, cops and firemen's team. If you put them together, I don't know. They probably give Miami a nice game. You know, I mean, right, dude? This Jordan Mulata injury, man. I hope that. So let me get this right. Is he questionable going into the Monday night game? Oof. 
questionable. That's a big deal. Because, look, Brooks, Graham, a lot of injuries, man. And as some of you have been saying, okay, some of you have been saying, you know, I mean, third different group setting in the O-line going into week three already. Wick says, I went to Lamar University, Port Arthur, home of Jimmy Johnson. And, okay, Wick, tell, tell everybody who else, Port Arthur. Who went to Port Arthur? Who went to the same high school with Jimmy Johnson? This is crazy. He was in her classes. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson went to school with this gigantic rock star in college or in high school. They're, they're from Port Arthur. Jimmy's family's from Port Arthur. Yeah, huh? Janice Joplin. Jimmy had classes with Janice Joplin in Port Arthur when they went to high school together. And then Jimmy didn't go to um, Texas. He ended up going to Arkansas, and that's where he met Jerry. I, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think they won the 19, either 63 or 64 national championship. And I think they won the Cotton Bowl to do it. I think it was the Cotton Bowl they won. And I met him and Nate Newton. Dude, a wick. Nate's one of the one of the greatest dudes I've ever known. And he is he is such it's a damn shame that he's not doing more media. He is a fun dude. I love Nate. I'll give you a real quick Nate Newton story. So me and Crawford Kerr, Crawford played with the Cowboys and I had played against Crawford when he was at Florida and we became dear friends. Crawford Kerr owns the wing house or he did. And, um, so we go into the facility in Dallas, we pull up and there's Nate in this trash bag and he's been running forever. And it's like seven 30 in the morning. And we're like, Nate, it's Sunday. It's the off season. What's up? He goes, they're, they're checking my weight. Every single month, I've got to be at 335. I go, what are you now? He goes, I'm 355. I go, you're 350. Okay, how much are you being fined? Five bucks per pound over. I was like this. Oh, man. That's a big number, man. You know, back in the day, I mean, you're talking a, you're talking a couple thousand bucks, and probably Nate back in that time was probably making 700 grand. You know, we didn't make the big million-dollar salaries yet. You know, the mid-'80s, offensive linemen, if you made a million dollars, man, you were the top guy in the league. Lou, I agree with that. Lou, I think Mike Tomlin's going to change Haskins' career around the same way we saw what um, uh, Sean Payton did to Teddy Bridgewater. And quite frankly, what really we're seeing in Tennessee right now with Ryan Tannehill. And Matt Rule and what's going on in Carolina. You know, I think this is really something that people need to look at. Some of these quarterbacks that you just dub as failures, look at what we're starting to see as reclamation projects here. Ryan Tannehill's paying out and panning, panning in to being part of the major way that they move the chains on Sundays by being the quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. It's the reason he's making $29.5 bucks a year now. Now we're starting to see Sam Darnold. Hey, Sam Darnold didn't have Christian McCaffrey. They still win the football game. I know the Texans aren't going to give much of a fight, 
But that football team is now 3-0 and on the season. And if you told me Sam Darnold was going to be the quarterback of a 3-0 and football team after what we watched in New York with the Jets, I'd say you're crazy. But now I look at Sam Darnold and I'm starting to – watch this. I went from that guy sucks to doing this. I don't know. And pretty soon I may be saying this. I think this guy's really climbing out of the hole and he may have a nice career here. He actually may have a better career than Zach Wilson. That's still yet to be determined on him in New York. He may not get the proper coaching. And then look at Bridgewater. Bridgewater's entire career after that catastrophic injury in Minnesota, look at what happened. He went down to New Orleans. Sean showed him how to win games. Matt ruling him didn't seemingly, you know, see eye to eye on how to move the sticks. They ended up moving him to Denver. And Denver's now looking like a pretty good football team. Right? Looks like a pretty good football team. By the way, I think the Rams are going to upset. Okay? I think they're going to upset the Buccaneers. I do. Master says, Mulata suffered an MCL sprain that isn't believed to be serious, but can possibly hold him out of a game. Wow. We'll follow that up here on the Jacob Media channel. I'm sure we're all going to be watching this as we get ready for Cowboys and Eagles on Monday night. Should be a great college and pro football weekend. Guys, I can't wait to see you. If you want to follow me over on my Twitter page, at Dan Cilio Show, please do. Also, like, if you can, guys. Thank you so much. Like the show today. If you missed any of it, watch it a little bit later on. Till Monday, 4 to 6 Eastern. Guess what? We'll see you then on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.